Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Speak the Language podcast. Now before we get into this episode, Jordan and I have some exciting stuff that we need to tell you all about. First off, we have new episodes airing right now on Outdoor Channel. Yep, last fall, a lot of hard work behind those and they came out really good. Yeah, right now it's the elk stuff. I think we're on, this week will be week three and then after the elk it'll roll right into the cottonmouth footage. Yep. And we got a little stuff different than Cottonmouth, too, so everybody needs to go watch it. Yeah, it's it's an exciting season. It's a different season. Those are airing on Sundays at 1030 Eastern, Tuesdays at 7 o'clock Eastern, and Saturday morning at 11 Eastern. Okay. And then also, we got a lot of stuff going on. We got the Primo's YouTube channel. How many, how many messages do you think you get weekly asking when we're going to start uploading episodes on the YouTube channel. Several at least, and it's happening. So. It's happening. Every, <laughs> every Tuesday morning, you can check the Primo's YouTube channel. There will be a new there will be a new episode uploaded, Primo's Truth About Hunting, on our YouTube channel. And then lastly, I think I'm, I'm really excited about this because this is like new, new. Yeah, we just started it back in the spring, yeah. the Primo's Truth web series. Primo's Truth web series. It is a new digital series that you can only find at primos.com yep brand new stuff it's content you will not see anywhere else yep and so if you go to primos.com and go to the learn tab hover over that you'll see it down there it says the primos truth web series click on that right now we have our turkey stuff from this past spring yep it's already uploaded on there and we're finna start uploading new ones in end of july first august yeah jordan has a we have a cotton mouth episode in there that will not be on tv again it's exclusive just to the website uh we've got some alligators some mosquito bites some tractor time let me see and we also have the elk hunts that are airing on outdoor channel right now but they're different yeah you know we got a lot with the the way the time slot works on outdoor channel you can't show everything you have yeah so now we have a platform we can make it the best it can be exactly show every all the little small details that happen right so there's stuff in those hunts like jordan said that we just don't have time to fit into the into a, uh, a television episode well on this new web series we don't have any time constraints so we can show everything yeah so it, it makes it more exciting it makes it to where you know if, if a guy that's you know really a hardcore elk hunter or trying to learn a lot about elk hunting and they want to see a lot of close calls you know because it's sometimes on you know we don't have time all you see is the successful hunts you don't see all the times that we go out and get close or get skunked and so all that's going to be in there yeah and that's not just by that's what we want to show people that's just because we don't have time to show anything else yeah so i'm very excited about that be sure to check that out primos.com primos truth web series now this week's episode of the podcast is a fun one i'm having a conversation with macy barber macy is a highly ranked fighter in the ufc's flyweight division she's a bow hunter and she makes for a pretty incredible conversation so enjoy this episode i promise you it's worth your while is that better yeah uh, that's a hundred times better okay yeah. that's what i thought yeah, yeah yeah that's that's way better i guess it was funny because i we I guess because this the other part won't be on the podcast, but I can explain what happened. I was sitting here waiting to connect with you on a Zoom meeting, and a name, another name popped up. I was like, that doesn't seem right. <laughs> Anyhow, <laughs> we got it sorted now. But uh, Macy Barber finally got got you on the podcast. I'm excited. I am too. This is uh, an honor, actually, to be able to be part of this. So well, I, I appreciate that. So before we dive into anything. Uh, as I mean, people come to podcasts to listen to good conversation, good stories, right? Well, I have one really good Macy Barber story that I think is worth telling. You oh, probably know which one it is. Maybe. Girl Scout <laughs> cookies, right? I have a feeling. Yeah. I just yeah. told my roommate that story yesterday. <laughs> no, so, so here's the, for, for y'all that are listening, this is like really, this is one of my favorite stories. So, um, where, Myself and the Primos team elk hunts uh, a lot. There's a place in New Mexico, and there is a uh, there's an operating cattle farm. And uh, one of the cattle families out there, there's a cowboy, and we over the years of hunting there, we got to know him uh, and his family really, really well. And they're just this super, super sweet family, uh, really good people. He has um, two sons and a daughter, just just good, good people. Well, uh, the cowboy. Um, tragic accident ended up getting killed in a, in a farming accident and um just a really really sad deal and that family meant a lot to us right so uh when we were out there that next september elk hunting we just kind of spent some time with with the kids and uh with the daughter whose name is scarlet and 
I think it was, this was last, when the Girl Scout cookie thing happened, that was during the fall, I want to say, like November, maybe. So I was, I want to say it was in no, was it November? Because I was laying in bed getting ready for a weight cut. And it was uh, like, my fight before was January. The one before that was yeah. in November. Yeah. Yeah. So. October. 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 That sounds right. Yeah. That sounds right. So anyhow, Scarlett, I mean, Scarlett's like, I think Scarlett's five years old, just like cute as a button, just like the cutest, imagine the cutest little girl you can ever imagine and then think cuter because that's what Scarlett is. And Scarlett was like uh, first year in Girl Scouts, first year selling cookies. And I just was like, I don't know, just my heart went out to him because everything that had been going on and she had this like super high goal of selling all these cookies. And I was like, I don't know what in the world I could do to help, but I can do something. So I put something out on my Instagram about, hey, here's this link, buy some cookies. Well, then in swoops Macy, who doesn't even know me that well at the time. Macy's like, hey, I see this story. I, I was a Girl Scout. I'm going to put this on my social media page and try to help this little girl out. And then like, I don't know if you know this, Macy, but like you sold that girl a lot. <laughs> you helped her sell a Did lot really? of girl scout cookies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, was, I know like, I have a pretty big following, but I'm like, I don't know how many people like actually, you know, because like you never know how many people are actually going to follow through with. Yeah. I mean, well, That's cool. my thing was. Everybody in the world is helping out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you were. What I'm, my point was is you went out of your way to do something nice that you didn't have to, and that was much, much appreciated. Oh, and and Macy was like, you reached out to me. You're like, hey, if I send you a video, can you get it to Scarlett? So you, so like, you sent me a video talking to Scarlett because you yourself ordered some cookies, and uh, so I sent that to Scarlett's mom, and they watched it. And, and I mean, as you could imagine, you know, a five year old little girl getting a video from someone like you that's you know, world-known athlete and uh, ranked athlete in the UFC. I mean, she's, I remember uh, she told me that Scarlett was just on cloud nine. She thought, she thought that was the coolest thing ever. So uh, I know I told you then, but I'm going to tell you then now. It makes my heart smile. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm tell, I just want to tell you, like, you can't, I cannot tell you how much. I know I appreciated that, and I know that family appreciated that. So, uh, yeah, again, that was, I, I know I wanted to tell this story, in this podcast, why not get it, you know, break the podcast in with a really good story? Because that's no. good stuff. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be hard to top that now because it's like, I already feel great. <laughs> Should have saved that for the end? Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. It'll be all right. So uh, wh where are you at right now? I'm at home in Milwaukee. Okay. Is that yeah. where you born and raised there or, or no? No. Um, I was born and raised in Colorado. Got um, Moved to, I moved to Wisconsin, I believe, November of last year. Not last year, the year before. So gotcha. 2019, I think. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, Wisconsin's cool, but I'm here for like training and stuff. But Colorado's beautiful. I really miss yeah. it. Yeah. So that was the whole reason for the move in was just for the training and the and the fighting. Okay, yeah. 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 For training. Yeah. I feel you there because I've. I've traveled to Wisconsin for hunting and I've traveled to Colorado a lot for hunting and Colorado is prob not probably is definitely one of my favorite states. Uh, yeah, we're we're going back. Um we have elk season for archery and so that starts I believe the month of first of is it August or September? The like the the I mean the the rut happens in September. I think it start like the bow season starts like September 1, I believe. Yeah, so I think we're going to be in Colorado like the entire month. Yeah, good for y'all. I'm super excited to be back there. Yeah, have you, I mean, is that something you've gotten to do every year or have you had to not, not been able to in a while? Elk season? No. Yeah. Um, I drew this year. I didn't draw last year. Oh, awesome. Okay. I put in and I got a tag for this year. Okay. Um, so I'm super excited because I'm injured. So it's like perfect timing too because I can't actually fight. Right. So now I feel good about going out hunting because before I was like, I can't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like before I had a fight, I'm like, why would I want to go out in the woods when I can be training and getting, you know, progressing towards my goals, which yeah. obviously yeah. being outside is like a love of mine, but I have a bigger goal. So it was hard for me to like justify it. Yeah. 
You, you, I mean, you, you, now I'm like, I'm injured. Part of my recovery is like walking and running. So going and hiking a ton is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you strike me as a pretty goal-minded person. Let's, uh, let's backtrack a little bit. I have a bad habit of getting ahead of myself in conversations because <laughs> okay. I heard okay. elk hunting and I immediately just, just spun out of the way. So like before mm-hmm. I realized I haven't, for the people that are, are listening to this podcast, let's, uh, again, I should have done this like right off the bat, but kind of explain who you are and what you do. Okay, well, I am a professional fighter, obviously. Um, I fight in the UFC, mm-hmm. and I get punched in the face for a living. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I mean that, that's pretty much the that's pretty much like how to sum it up. But just uh, yeah, yeah. I've been training since I was three years old in martial arts. Decided I wanted to fight competitively and train um, around the time I was fifteen. And okay. my family decided to kind of back me on that journey. And I made my amateur debut and fought and won. And then I fell in love with it, fought professionally, and just continued on through. I went through LFA, then the Contender Series, and then into the UFC. And now I'm kind of like at the top of the top. And now it's like progressing towards that goal of yeah title. So it's kind of like a backstory of my life. Pretty much just like in the gym all the time. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, you kind of have to be right, like you were saying. I mean, if you're gonna, if I mean, to get to the level that that you're at, you kind of don't really have a choice. Uh, yeah. The it's, first time, the first time, the first time I saw you was on the Contender Series. Like, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Like I, yeah. I, I get, I, I, I won't. It's not a secret. I've said it on this podcast before because I've had other. You're the first. Yeah, you're the you're the first uh, woman's MMA I've ever had on this on this podcast but i've had some some other guys like uh cory i know y'all have uh you know cory anderson yeah yeah cory's been on this show um had some other guys anyhow uh but i'm a when it comes to like ufc mma i'm i'm pretty diehard fan so yeah i was like tuesday night contender series i was watching that thing every tuesday every tuesday night yep yeah so yeah i remember that the first time and i remember um and then that was like two years ago yeah, and then the way this whole thing started with us getting in contact with each other, it was like right, it was right after you fought uh, Robertson. Oh, Jillian Robertson. Yeah, yeah, that was October 18th. Yeah, and then um, it was either your dad or Wyatt reached out to me. I can't remember, but mm-hmm. anyhow, probably was, both of them. I mean, they, I've talked to both of them at yeah. some point, but. I can't remember who reached out first, but I think they were surprised because they reached out. They reached out something about like hunting or whatever, and then I was like, "Yeah, I know who Macy is. I just watched her beat Jane Robertson." They were like, "Oh," <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'm a fan." But uh, so my dog's growling at the thunder. I don't know if you That's can okay. do that. <laughs> my my were, um, I gave them bones so they were quiet. <laughs> There's one on the chair, and the other one's laying by the fireplace. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So. Take me to like, you're from talk because I've talked to your dad a good bit. I've talked to Wyatt a good bit. Y'all seem to be a pretty well-rooted hunting family. Yeah. Um, well, my dad and his brother used to like hunt all the time. So they were from upstate New York and turkey hunting, deer hunting, like anything. Like you look, I look back at like the pictures from my mom's like scrapbooks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people used to do that. They used to scrapbook. Yeah, yeah. they had pictures of, like, hard <laughs> copy pictures. See, like, all the pictures and the albums, and all of it is, like, my dad and his dad and his brother and, like, their buddies and their friends, and all they have them was, like, turkeys, pheasants, deer, like, you name it, they yeah. had it. Um, so I saw a lot of that, you know, and then my dad also was a big NASCAR fan, so we would always, you know, those were, like, the things, okay? Hunting, NASCAR. Like, that was, like, what they were into. Uh, and just growing up, like, my dad would take us turkey hunting. He would take us deer hunting. We'd be sitting in the blind. And I remember actually one story. I was, like, the kid that could never sit still and never shut up. <laughs> so my uncle actually tried to pay me. He's like, Macy, I will give you $100 if you can just sit still and be quiet for one minute. Because there was a turkey, like, outside the blind. And they were they wanted it so bad. And, <laughs> I don't think I made it. Um, you make the hundred dollars? <laughs> no, I don't think I made the hundred dollars. I I couldn't sit still. <laughs> I was excited, but yeah. So growing up, like that's all. 
that is all that we did um or that all we were around and then eventually you know when we got older we started doing it ourselves my sister and i we did rifle season for elk yeah so I, i've killed elk before and then now we're into archery so like yeah i would much rather go bow hunting than rifle hunting um just because like it's more peaceful to me and yeah. it's a hard it's it's more challenging like you have to get closer sure. it's a lot of fun that way um and so yeah i've truthfully i've only killed a turkey and elk i have never got a deer yet really all sorts of, yeah there's a bunch of things on my bucket list i'm like all right i want to go deer hunting and like actually get something yeah but yeah. Well, I can imagine. I mean, because like you said, you started training and taking the fighting seriously like at 15, right? Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, I started training a lot more at like 15, 16. And then as soon as I turned 18, my career was like, let's yeah. go. Well, go that on. makes sense. I mean, because I grew up in a hunting family as well, right? But I didn't start like hunting, hunting on my own until you get 15 or 16, because that's when you can drive and have freedom. So about that time, that would have been happening for you is when you started taking fighting seriously. So it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for, like, the boys right now, all they do is they're, like, they take this, like, canoe and they put it on the top of the car because they're trying to get into, like, where this deer is and they have to, like, get in through the water. So they, like, <laughs> take this canoe and they put it on the top of the car and they hook some motor to it. Like, it's a weird setup they got going on. <laughs> now they're like, we got to get this deer. we got to get this deer. And, like, they can only do it now because they like they can drive so yeah it's really funny but every single day they put the canoe on top of the car they put the motor on the canoe i don't know how you even set up a motor on a canoe but they did dedication <laughs> to the game and they go out and they try to find this deer and it's quite it, entertaining it's just a fact of life if you want something bad enough you'll find a way to make find it work. yeah like i can i've told this before i could drive like i was talking about i can remember days my mom would drop me off in the woods with a minivan and she, i would just say i'll be here at dark and I would just be out there, some packs of beef jerky shoved in the back of my turkey vest, and I'd just spend the day out there. Oh, really geez. killed me thing because I didn't know what in the world I was doing, but it was fun. Yeah, I feel like my mom is like, it's changed a lot. Like, your mom could have dropped you off in the minivan. My dad, my mom is like, are you sure you want them out after dark? <laughs> <laughs> the boys are like, mom, it's fine. Dad used to do this all the time. So. Yeah, it's different times. Different yeah, times. Sure. I know one thing, like, Again, because I've, I've, I've talked to – it's been entertaining for me, right? Because I've not only gotten to in, – in all this, like, time between initial contact with the Barber family, per se, to now, to having you on the podcast, like, I've taught like, – I think it was during – yeah, it was, it was during turkey season. Your dad was sending me pictures of some turkeys that they had killed, and I don't know if you were with them or if it was just your brothers with them, but – they killed some long spurred turkeys wherever they were. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. And then back during the fall, so I don't remember know who it was, but he sent a picture of a deer. I think one of your brothers killed. Yep. This past season, this past deer season, my brother killed it. I yeah. actually got to go out on that one. I remember because they took me out a couple of times. And I got to sit in the tree stand with them. Yeah. And then they were going after this really big one. And, um, and they got it. After, like, the night after I went out with them, they got yeah. it. And so, I, so they're like, yeah, we got it. And so we all went out to, like, to go, to go recover. <laughs> she just licked my mouth. Um, yeah. <laughs> my dog just licked my face. Um, yeah, so we all went out and we, we found this deer. And then he actually got it mounted. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know because it was, like, part of my gift to him. I'm like, hey, if you get this deer, we'll go get it mounted. So I'm like, I'll get it mounted for you. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that must have been the one, because, again, I was talking, I know I keep referring to your dad, but I was talking to your dad last week about this podcast, and he was like, we got the mountain back on the deer, and he sent me a picture of it. I was yep. like, yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah, I, was gonna say, I had to send you a picture of it, but if you already have it, then, yeah, that's the one. The grande. He's big beard. Big, yeah, big he's, beard. It's a nice-looking one, too. Yeah. But, like, the way that it was angled, like, you can't see the back, back side of it. Yeah. Kind of. Wow, you can get one like that. I'll, I'll take one like that. Sure. <laughs> Y'all take me out and, and show me where to find one like that. I, I'm patient. <laughs> well, that was the thing. So, like, uh, like, so we had talked about so Primos. Primos as a whole started doing a uh, 
a web series this spring. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we started doing a bunch of like more real time content or whatever. And I was talking to your dad again and he was like, we need to get together and go turkey hunt one time this spring. And I was like, this would be perfect, you know, cause usually yeah. we, like, cause in, in springs past, like I tried to get, I tried to get up with Corey a couple times and just with filming shows, just never could make it work just cause the way, but it, the schedule changed up enough this year with us having to do the real time thing. I was like, yeah, this could absolutely work. And then I remember I talked about um, y'all coming to New Mexico with us possibly yeah. for that. Yeah. And then Corona happened and <laughs> Corona. ruined everyone. Corona seemed to, seemed to grace everyone with just like a lot of different times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was so excited. I was like, this is actually going to work and it would be perfect because then you get to go turkey on, you get to go out there, you get to meet Scarlett. Scarlett would be, everybody'd be happy, right? Yeah. COVID. <laughs> yeah. It's a bummer. It is, but I think, I think as bad as it is, it's been all, it's given a lot of people like, an opportunity to like figure out their own life and like, Fair. At least for me, like, all I used to do is go to the gym and train. And yeah. then when I got injured, like, I wasn't able to train. So I was like, okay, I'll go and watch the training. Well, then COVID happened, and I couldn't even go and watch training. So then I had to, like, actually sit back and be like, all right, what, who am I, and what do I like, and what do I truly enjoy and value in my life outside of that? Because without that, I'm like, I don't know what I do or who I am. For a while, I was completely confused so I think that probably is a lot of a case with a lot of people you know like when you are forced to actually have to do something different than like your normal yeah. daily routine you probably learn a lot of things that you do enjoy or you don't enjoy in your life so whether that's being on the woods like if you have to think about all you can think about is being outside but when you're forced to not like all my brothers have done and all my dad has done and they even got me on it we're all walking around the house with turkey calls in our mouths like that's all you do <laughs> And it drives my mom insane. Like <laughs> all day, every day, it's just like all day. It is awful. <laughs> but like you realize you're like, okay, I can't, maybe I can't go this place or that place. Obviously there's no like restriction. You can't not go outside, yeah. but you also learn new things. Like I was forced to not be in the gym. So now I'm like, oh, hey, turkey calls. You want to give me some of those? Like teach me. <laughs> I need to yeah. learn. That's you things you didn't have time for. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I get that. So, like, um, I started working at Primo's when I was 21. And uh, I was so, like, I was, like, straight out of college. I hadn't even finished college yet. I went there. I still had some college I had to complete. And I was pretty much, I was so shell-shocked at the job I had that I was pretty much, I was like, y'all can send me to do anything. I can go for however long, I don't care how long I'm away from home, it doesn't matter, I'm just happy to be doing this job, right? And so I was just gone, like not at home, I was in, I think that first year I was like, New Mexico, Colorado, Montana, and then we're on the river all deer season, and then turkey season was states on states on states, you know, I think we did like nine or 10 different states, and then like summertime hit, and there's nothing to hunt, I couldn't go on any travel trips working for Primo's. And all of a sudden I was like, I don't know what I want to do. You know? It's a little overwhelming. Yeah. You, well, like when I, you I, have I, nothing to do, you, it actually seems more overwhelming than when you have a lot of things to do. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought of when you were talking about that. I was like, cause I remember sitting there when I didn't have a trip to go on, I didn't have a trip to prepare for. And I was like, I don't know what to do with just being at home. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's especially when you're a go-getter or when you're like uh -huh. have a job or you have something set, you're like, I need to be doing something all the time to try to progress towards something like mm -hmm. whatever it is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah. Can we, can we talk about the injury? Is that, cause yes. I think, so yes. you, you can explain it better than I can, but it happened in your last fight, correct? Yeah. Yep. So, um, I've told this story a couple of times, obviously, and like, sure, yeah. I never want to take away from a fight and like a win or a loss. Mm. Um, obviously, like when you when a lot of people think about it, like to most fans, like 
people for the majority only care if you win or lose. So for me to be like, hey, I did this and this and this and this is why I lost. Like nobody likes a sore loser. So don't make excuses. Obviously I lost the fight. Yeah. Um, but what was crazy is I went into that fight and I remember my coach, he was like, all right, all we have to do when I got in, the, okay, so I walked out, I got in the cage, everything was great. And I heard my coach and he was like, all we have to do is land your jab. I just want you to land one good jab. So this is before the fight actually happened. So I'm standing in the cage, we're getting ready to touch gloves. We go out, we, he says, go. And I'm like, all right, all I have to do is land one good jab, one good jab, that's all I gotta do. So I throw a jab and I overstepped and I stepped on her foot and she pulled her foot away. And when that happened, my knee popped. So like that first, that first strike that I threw is when I like tore my leg. I don't know if it was like completely torn in like the very beginning, like that entire, like all the way, like my whole ACL was gone. Yeah. Uh, but that moment it popped and I was like, oh, okay, something's wrong. Um, but the adrenaline, because it was like the first bit of the fight, like I didn't feel it necessarily aside from the pop and like the uh, instability. Yeah. Um, so round one went on and then round two in between one and two, I didn't tell my coaches I was hurt. Um, because I thought I was going to be okay. Yeah. And she threw a punch and I went to step back and it looks like when you watch the fight, it looks like she dropped me, yeah. which like her punch like barely touched my face, but at the same time, like I was stepping back and my leg was gone. Like that, that joint or that, or sorry, the little, my ACL was completely torn. So I stepped back and I fell over yeah. and, and it was kind of like everything like physically was downhill from there. Um, so it was just kind of like, all right, I got to make it out of this fight without getting finished. And I want to try and finish her. Obviously the odds are not in my favor for finishing her, but, um, at that point, you know, my, my goal is just pretty much, I'm not going to get beat up too bad. And then I took cut and she elbow, she caught me with an elbow on the head and yeah. that made it all bloody and nasty, but yeah. Um, so yeah, I completely tore my ACL and I had, um, reconstructive surgery on February 10th mm -hmm. and ever since then it's I'm on month five in like what is today the eighth so in two days it'll be five months since I had surgery which yeah. is crazy because it seems like yesterday yeah um, but they said about month six or month seven is when I can start fully training so I'm already back in the gym but yeah yeah I remember because I was watching that fight and I <laughs> Like, I remember I was like, I, what I thought was weird, and I'm going to try not to go full, like, I could, if I, if I don't control myself, I could go full MMA. No, go for it. It's not, okay. Not, and not ask any more hunting questions. Well, the people, I, I like the people that listen to this probably, like, ask her more hunting stuff, but so. They're I will. like, oh, what did she shoot yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But I remember watching that fight. And I remember, I remember, well, because they were, the commentators were talking about it, and I was like, something's wrong with her leg. I mean, it was obvious that something had happened to the leg. And then what I thought was weird is, like, the doctor came in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't seem standard. You know, not that I, like, I'm a fan. I don't claim to be an expert because I'm not. I was like, that just doesn't seem like something normal. Because, anyhow, I thought that was weird. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen a doctor go in, but like, I did tell my coaches that something was wrong with my leg in between, I think round and two, one or in between round two and three. Yeah. So one and two, I didn't tell them cause I, the adrenaline was so high. I'm like, Oh, I think I got this. Like I'm okay. And then I stood up from the stool. I'm like, Oh, I'm not all right. But guess, guess I'm all right. Like, I guess I'm going to go. So then. <laughs> In, sorry, <laughs> it, just, it just totally scared me. <laughs> this, is a, this is a dog friendly podcast. It scared it, me. Yeah, it uh, in between round two and three, I did tell them, and the doctor came in. He's like, "Sit down," and he. I didn't want to have him sit me down because I knew that my leg was torn, and I was so afraid of him stopping the fight. I was like, yeah. "I don't want to lose by doctor stoppage or or anything other than a decision. Like, if I'm going to lose, it better go to a decision because." you're not going to finish me inside that cage. Like, that's just not how I'm going to go out. Um, so he sat me down and I kept trying to argue with him, telling him I was okay. And then he went and told the ref, he's like, she has a partial tear of her ACL. She's fine. And I was like, Oh, thank God. He said I was okay. Which when he tells that to somebody, it should probably be stopped. 
But for me, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. I just wanted to keep going. I just had to make it out of there. So. Well, that's where, because <laughs> I, I talked to your, I talked to your dad sometime briefly after that fight. And I get, I like, I don't think I, I knew something, like, again, you could tell something was wrong. But your dad was like, yeah, she blew her ACL. I was like, she did what? I was like, and she, she made it through the whole fight? Like, yeah. I, mm. Let me tell you, though, adrenaline plays wonders. Well, that's that what I was going to ask. First round was all right. Second round kind of sucked. The, the end of the second and the third round were like, it was some of the worst pain I've ever felt. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Because there's, like, there's so many things about this that interests me. Is like, because I – me thinking I've you know I've I haven't torn an ACL I tore a PCL pretty bad and I knew I mean that didn't feel great but I was like trying to imagine competing on that the way that y'all come that just blows my mind but it's it's so there's not a lot of um according to what the, the surgeon told me he's like there's not a lot of like nerve endings necessarily there but like that one where I stepped back and I fell over, um, he explained it to me. He's like, the reason why you like screamed out, he's like, because your shin bone and your femur, they smashed together because there was no, there was nothing there to like stabilize and hold it together. So because yeah. your, your ligaments and tendons were not in the right spot and your muscles were kind of going weird. Yeah. Um, like, that's why that hits. And so that's the pain. Cause like, there's a lot of nerve endings on the, those ends, the, that area. So they hit together and that's why I was like in a lot of pain. But then, um, a lot of it was just like, I couldn't, it was just not stable. So like, it's not there. So it's not, the stability is just not, not there. So the pain was more of like the bones and stuff hitting together, which is why I couldn't have surgery for like a month because yeah. of the swelling and the bruising. So, yeah. well, and yeah. then I, I realize I'm biased in this conversation, but <laughs> I can remember watching the fight. And cause I remember you, you said, if you watch it, it looks like a knockdown, but at that, before that happened, you know, they were the people, you know, they're like, something's wrong with that leg. And then I remember when that punch landed, I remember thinking to myself, I was like, that's not, I was like, that leg's messed up. Like something's wrong. Yeah. So yeah. Crazy story. And it's not, it's not hunting related, obviously, but um, so there's a fighter. His name's James Krause. He's also a coach. And yeah. yeah. Um, so James Krause, he's a guy that I've looked up to. I trained around him. I've trained like with the same, a similar, co same coach. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember he was there that week that I was fighting. And, and I've told this story to like one other person, I think. But that day of the fight, I was at the hotel and I was getting ready to go to the venue. And I just saw him and I was like, hey, we said hi. And we were just randomly talking. And, and I wanted to ask him, I'm like, all right, so what are your thoughts on the fight? Because I always have to ask that to people that I look up to. I'm like, all right, what are your right. thoughts on this fight? Like, yeah. you know. What do you think? And he word for word told me, he's like, honestly, he's like, you are the biggest favorite on this card. Like I was one of the biggest betting favorites in history, like for, for a pretty big fight, you know, like I had a pretty right. big yeah. follow up to the betting and the odds and stuff. But from what everybody told me, I had a pretty big numbers next to me. Right. So he, he was telling me that he's like, you are one of the biggest favorite. You're the biggest favorite on the card. He's like, the only way this girl wins is if you have a freak accident and you get injured and you can't fight. That was word for word what he said. He's like, you win this fight nine times out of 10. The only reason why you wouldn't win this fight is if you had a freak injury and you couldn't. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious right now? So when I look back at that, I'm like, wow, like that. Yeah. Did you go wow. have another conversation with him and say, hey, man, don't put that voodoo on me again? You know what I mean? I don't know, I don't know if I've ever said that to him, but I'm like, I think I've talked enough trash. I'm like, wow, this is, this is lovely. <laughs> yeah. I get, that has to be frustrating. Like, not to, I mean, it's, I, I imagine it's frustrating to lose anyway, but to, like, as much work as y'all go through to get yourself ready for those fights and then to lose because something like your ACL tour, like that's, that's gotta be frustrating. Um, I mean, I could get frustrated about it, but like, I know when I sign the line that you're basically signing saying that I, I know that my whole life and my body's on the line. So for me, like it's the only thing that's frustrating about it was the fact that I can't go back and fix it right then. Like I couldn't go back and take a fight and be like, Hey, I want to fight her again tomorrow. Let's do it again. 
yeah. you know, because I like had an injury. So I have eight months at least of sitting on the sidelines watching and, and seeing everyone else progress in their career. Yeah. So I just kind of, instead of trying to be down about it, I was just like, all right, well, how am I going to progress and how am I going to focus on getting better and, and staying up with, you know, progressing rather than just being like, oh, poor me. Um, yeah. But in the fight, like it wasn't, yeah, it sucked, but it was kind of like, I would never take it back because it's just a new challenge and it's, it's a test of, okay, well, most people would give up in this situation or most people would find a way out or something like that, you know, like, yeah, I want, like, I would never take it back because it's part of the journey and it's part of the process and it's changed me as a person for sure. Um, and, and things happen, injuries happen and that's just the way it goes, you know? So yeah, well, in the fight, I didn't, I didn't get frustrated at all in the fight. Like that never once crossed my mind. I was like, all right, I'm injured. Now what? Like, no, you were in the fight. fight. I mean, there was no doubt yeah. about that. I, I, cause again, I, I mean, I was watching it live when it happened. I mean, but that's, that's the attitude to have. I think I mean, <laughs> so, so many, so there's so much about, I guess just life in general, whether it's fighting, whether it's hunting, whatever is just how you respond to adversity, right? In circumstances, yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean, that would definitely be the right attitude. I mean, because you're right. I mean, it's not like you can do anything to change it. So, um, yeah, it's like, you can't really, I try not to let the things that you can't control affect your attitude. Like, for instance, in a fight, if you get injured, it's not really like you didn't go in there and be like, oh, yeah, let's tear my leg and let's, you know, it wasn't in my control, so why would I have a you know have an issue yeah. with it? Say you're out outside in the woods and you're you're on a big deer. Well, if the wind is going the wrong way, it's not really your fault, so it's not really in your control. So you know what what is you know being frustrated or irritated or mad about it? What what good is that going to do except for just ruin your day? So it's like, all right, well, figure it out a different way. Wise words, Macy Barber. Wise words. <laughs> I try. And I appreciate the uh, the token deer hunting example because I was I was you brought it back in. We were talking about MMA hey, for a while. Hey, I have to I have to kind of help you out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to me back in. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's fair. So um, this elk hunt you're going on this September, you're gonna be you gonna be bow hunting. You may have answered that already. Yeah. 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 So I, gosh, it's been I think it's been like a month. Yeah, it's been a little longer than that since I shot my bow. I think I shot my bow once after surgery. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I gotta get back on. I know. I got the time. I have to get. I have to get my strings fixed again because they're like, they they need to be. They're twisting real bad. Or they're fraying. They're fraying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna want. You're gonna want to get that looked at. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Yep. Uh, I killed. I killed first. My first elk I killed with my bow was three years ago, four years ago. Anyhow, I became like obsessed with, I mean, I had bow hunted since I was like, I think like 13 or 14, but mm-hmm. all I'd ever shot was deer uh, or, you know, stuff around the house. I'd never shot anything like an elk with my bow. I'd killed one with my gun prior, but I just became so obsessed with uh, shooting my bow and just trying to make sure everything was absolutely right because I just didn't, frankly, I just didn't want to screw it up. You know what I mean? I was like, yeah. this is a really, really big opportunity. And I got to the point starting in, starting in the month of June, I was shooting every day. I was going out uh, and taking at least a half an hour and shooting. And then the whole uh, month of August, I was shooting every morning and every afternoon because I was just so obsessed okay. with like, yeah. not screwing that up. <laughs> Cause I was like, I may not ever get this opportunity again in my life. I don't know when that, you know, when that's going to come around again. And so I was like, I was shooting so much, but you know, I think it was, I, I'm trying to think it, it ended up, it was funny. I mean, it, it definitely made me more confident in mm-hmm. you know, going into the situation, but then the elk I shot was like at 19 yards. So it would have been hard to mess that one up. Even if I tried to, because you know? <laughs> elk- how many people can mess that one up? I will. I mean, I say that I could easily mess that one up if I, but yeah, I didn't, thankfully. <laughs> anyhow, I, I don't know why I tell that story. I don't say that isn't, that wasn't like a, you should practice a lot or you should screw up or don't, don't take that that way. <laughs> but, hey, don't keep practicing. You're going to, you're going to mess all of it up. All you're of gonna, it up. You're gonna blow no, honestly, I think, I think my biggest, like, 
struggle and like I don't know if it's like even a fear but my brothers have killed some pretty nice pretty nice deer and elk yeah. and like, the bar is set high for me and I'm a competitive person so I'm yeah. like I'm almost at that point where I'm like, all right, well, I really just, I want to one-up you. I want to one-up you. <laughs> and I don't know how to do that on my own. So it's like a really, and I don't have enough time or effort to like put into it that hard. And I really want to. So I like, yeah. if I start doing it more and more, I'm going to become obsessive with it. And then I'll be like, all right, well, this is my career now. Forget fighting. But I can't do that. I can't, I can't put myself in two places. Yeah. Um, so yeah, right now it's like a lot of fun just for me to be around it and like, hey, will you take me out? And like, I want to learn the process the right way. You know, like yeah. I want to learn how to call. I want to learn how to, you know, sure. position myself in the right spots and areas and know, you know, like if I have to face up or down and what time of the day it is and like different things. Like I actually like try to try to learn that stuff because it's not just walk out, sit and buy a tree and just call it good. Like there's yeah. so many things like, I've learned that not just about fighting or not just about like, for instance, NASCAR and even hunting, like there's more to it than just, all right, Hey, we're going to grab a gun, get some, some shells and yeah. go sit in a tree. Like that's not how it is. It's not, Hey, we're just going to jump in a car and drive it around in a circle fast. Like there are so many more things and details to like all these sports and yeah. all these hobbies that people just don't even grasp and realize and I think it's something that like really can be appreciated deeper if you learn about it more and that's yeah. something that I try to learn more so yeah. yeah the best thing that that ever happened to me and it took it took a few years or I, I mean I, I don't know how to put like a solid timeline on it on how I got to where I'm at as far as my my thinking on on hunting and like how you gauge success but I probably, well, I know what I can attribute to. I can attribute to hunting around people like Will Primos and Brad Ferris, who I think mean, obviously shooting a big elk would is awesome. Shooting a big deer is awesome. Shooting a turkey that has long spurs is awesome. But I watch those guys that have their appreciation is so deeply rooted in the process of getting yeah. to that point rather than how big the elk is that you shoot. Or the, right. or the turkey or whatever. Right. So, like, best example. Like, so, just getting them, just getting the animal, like, close to you. Is, is exactly. Like yeah. So, yeah. so like, uh, like where we deer hunted at on the river, the place we called uh, Cottonmouth, there was a, there was a deer, uh, actually, like, Jimmy shot it. And he was, like, talking about, like, score, size of a deer. This deer would not have scored anything to write home about. He was just a, he was a ginormous six point. Just, I mean, six point. Wouldn't have scored anything. But that deer was like, just to put it on a scale, I think like the, av like the average age structure of the deer we killed over there was four to five years old. That six point Jimmy killed was like eight. He'd been around for a while. So the level of success was not in like, oh, this is a huge antler high scoring deer because he wasn't, but he was a, really really cool deer and he was a really really slick deer because he was old and he'd been around forever and by the time that we killed the deer didn't nobody care about how much he scored we were just we were like that was a really awesome hunt and then transfer that over to elk hunting like i i, I can't tell you the last elk that i've filmed brad ferris killed that i've seen him tape and figure out a score to he just likes the process i'm that then everyone on the team's kind of become that way we just kind of like being out there i mean because you know i mean you being uh from colorado the the places where elk live are so special oh they're my God. awesome yeah they're absolutely awesome so that i mean that's the i'm looking for getting to it right now i mean sitting here talking to you about it i'm getting excited about it because i know, I, know I can't wait to go back out there especially like where we go there's so many like the entire place is filled with aspen trees okay. and yeah, you cool. go out in the middle of like the beginning of fall right when the leaves are changing before they go to fall off the trees yeah it's like it's breathtaking and yeah. I, every time i go there every time we go out uh elk, for elk season i always tell my mom i'm like i'm gonna get married here <laughs> <laughs> because it's that beautiful i'm like i'm gonna get married every single year and it's gonna be right here where these, <laughs> these trees are <laughs> uh. 
So the first time that I ever went elk hunting in Colorado, I'd been to Colorado one time prior, but it was like on a family skiing trip when I was in high school. This was like the first time that I counted as like experiencing Colorado and the mountains. And um, there, was this, there was this place that we were hunting. And I, I tell, I've told this story a lot. I don't know if I've ever told it on this podcast, but I've told it to some friends of mine. This place that we were hunting, uh, the, top, the top of it kind of converged in three mountain peaks and it formed this basin. So it's really cool. It's like, I mean, it's, it's up there elevation wise. I think at the, like right when you're in the, right before you get into the basin, I think it's like a little bit over 12,000 feet. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, so it, it's cool cause you like climb, 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 climb. And all of a sudden you reach that basin and it's flat. But the coolest thing about that place is whether I, whether I realized or not, like, especially back home in Mississippi, like I love all the work that we do for deer hunting as far as like food plots and habitat work and all that. But so much of the woods, even the woods that we hunt around in are still so manipulated by human beings and just society and stuff that goes on. Whereas that basin had not been touched. Like the yeah. only reason that those elk were there because there was elk everywhere in that basin. It was incredible. Uh, the only reason those elk were there is because the Lord made that basin that way. However many years ago, you know, and you get up there and yeah. there's aspen trees and it just smells like elk and you've got those three mountain peaks surrounding you. So when the elk, when the elk bugles, it just kind of echoes around through there. It was the most incredible thing I've ever experienced. Cause it was so raw. I, yeah, I'd never been I'd never been exposed to something that natural. You know what I mean? And that's mm -hmm. when I think about Colorado and elk hunting. That's always where my mind drifts back to is that basin. It was so cool. Yeah, I mean that's like all I've like ever known is is going up, and we actually have to you know you hike way above tree line. You go yeah. up, and you have to out them out. You have to find them, but it's not it's not one of those things where like oh yeah, we know they're gonna be well. My dad and my brothers now from like the years and years and years, my dad's been hunting that spot for gosh, probably over 15 years now. 15, yeah. 20 years. So <clears throat> for him, it's like, yeah, he's been hunting there for, for 20 something years. Uh, but like he knows, you know, he knows where they like to go, where the guys like to hunt, like where certain people go and hunt and, and like, if they're pushing them one way or the other, or if they're going to push them, you know, like out in the field or, yeah. or up in the tree line. And it's, it's crazy. Cause like, that's what I, how I've learned is, you know, you take a drive, you go out, you actually look, you look for like the areas and, and then like, it's just their natural habitat. There's not just something that you like, you changed up and manipulated yeah. to where you're like, all right, they're going to love it here. Yeah. It's not like that. It's you go and you enter their world and you have to figure out and kind of like put yourself in like their kind of position. All right. Like if I was, if I was them, where would I want to be? And it's away from people. And it's in like this beautiful area where there's, there's like the, the right environment for them. So it's, it's really neat actually. It's cool. Like I, I love it. I love every part of it. There's something about like that, that high mountain air, those aspens, it just has like the smell to it. Like I can close my eyes and smell it right now, but yeah. Any, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. I surely hope you get one. Thank you. Me too. I mean, it's, it's been a while, so. Yeah. Been well, that's, I mean, think about it, like things just working out for the good, you know, if things hadn't happened the way they were, like you said, you'd probably be in the I gym. Would, I would not be and, half excited for this, this trip because yeah, I'd be, Hey, I got to fight. And why would I leave the gym when I can go out and, you know? Yeah. So. That is awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah. Well, you're I need that too. Like, like not only that, but like, also being in the woods, <clears throat> kind of gives you like a mental break. Yeah. Like for me, like social media wise, like I'm always on my phone and I'm always busy. You know, like trying to connect with people, trying to set up an interview, trying to set up a podcast. Like, <clears throat> I never have a time to time where you can just like breathe. Yeah. And also, a lot of times where the elk are, they're in areas where you don't have se service. Like. <laughs> kind of enjoyable because you can't even like feel like the need to be on your phone or like yeah. the obligation like 
be paying attention to that. It's just, it's just you and you actually have to be present. So it's, yeah, that's like a whole nother level to it. Yeah. And that's kind of one of those things too. You get in a situation like that and you don't realize how sucked into your phone and social media and stuff you are until you get to one of those spots where you don't have cell service. And you're like, man, I'm on that phone a lot, you know? And then, uh, who would like, I've had, some of the other athletes and fighters that I've had on here and, and stuff, a lot of them have had like a similar, a similar, a similar thing that they told me is where, uh, like for instance, like when I had a guy, uh, Kevin Smith, who plays, he's a catcher for the angels. And that dude, after we did a podcast, that dude was talking to me all the time. And it wasn't a problem. I was just like, in my mind, I was like, I would think, you know, he just has, better things to do than talk to some, you know, than just talk to me. But he told me that he was like, dude, I have to think about baseball so much that I talk to you about hunting so I can get some kind of mental break. So I'm not thinking about baseball all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, Corey did the same thing for a while. Like Corey, like Corey would be sending me pictures of uh, deer on his trail cameras and yeah. you know, but the, 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 the evening, like the night, that Corey knocked out Johnny Walker. I was, I, I text him and I was like, man, I'm so happy for you. This, that, and the other, he replies back. He doesn't even say anything. He just replies back with a te with a trail cam picture of a deer. And I was like, <laughs> and then, like he, then, he, phone. <laughs> yeah, then he said something else. He was like, yeah, but what about this deer though? I'm like, Corey, you just knocked out Johnny Walker. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, but look at this buck. Uh, yeah. But, That's awesome. Funny. That's, uh, he, I like him. He's he's really cool. He's a good he's a good person. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's same kind of like he was supposed to come down and hunt with us in January, but then they booked him for that fight with uh, what's I can't remember dude's name. But they, I mean, he got another fight booked and he couldn't come down. Jan, mm -hmm. that's it. Jan. Oh, Jan Blackwood. Yeah, Blackwood. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Polish name or something. I can't pronounce it. Yeah, there's a few of those. Yeah, yeah, yes. Anyhow, Macy, this has been a fun conversation. I appreciate it. Me too. We need I, to, uh, one, we need, like, okay, these are some things that we have to do. Like, I, I want to stay posted on your, your elk success in September. Okay. I want that. Yeah, and then we've we got to figure something out. Because, like, we, again, we were so close to getting something as far as, like, getting you out of your hunting and, turkey season but again corona but we have to stay working on that front we'll get something going but um yeah cool i think i mean i can't i could i could sit here and rattle off a thousand more questions but i've already eaten way more of your time up than i than i probably should have but i really appreciate yeah, it yeah. i have wrestling at 4 30 and i schedule for you <laughs> you're the best you're the best um so yeah i think we're gonna wrap it up if that's good with you and um Again, I can't can't thank you enough. It's been a fun conversation. Likewise. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Hope y'all enjoyed it as much as I did. And as always, thank you for listening to the Speak the Language podcast. <laughs>